Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of Life with Me and Mrs. Jones. This is your boy CJ. I got my co-host with me. Mrs. Jones. And we have a special guest today. Well, she's not really a special guest. Y'all have heard her before, but it's been a while. So we also have our daughter on here. Renee Jones. All right, and it's going down today. Today we'll be talking about toxicity within the family dynamic. And so we know that a lot of us have experienced some type of toxic relationship in our lives, whether it been with family, relationships, or things of that nature. But we want to really talk about the importance of like nipping things in the bud and really addressing these issues and not being so afraid or timid to say, this hurt my feelings, especially in the people of color community, right? So we're going to break that down. Let's jump into it. Okay, so y'all know I'm always coming with the definitions just to give us a baseline of what we're talking about, where we're coming from. So when you look up the definition of toxic, it is defined as the quality of being toxic or poisonous, the quality of being very harmful or unpleasant in a pervasive or insidious way. So something that is just destroys and poisons things. But then when we think about toxicity specifically in families, like you said, in the dynamics of a family, sometimes those can be harder to recognize because sometimes families are just crazy, right? Like we don't always get along. We don't always agree, but the, and that doesn't necessarily define it as being toxic. But when a person makes you feel unloved, unwanted, or bad about yourself, is what makes it more toxic because when it, when you become inwardly unable to accept who you are, you feel like I just don't belong here. I don't feel loved. I can't be myself. Then that means that the dynamics of your family are considered to be toxic. Right. And I think within the black community or Latino, whatever communities you find yourself that you identify as, like we've all experienced it, right? And I like what you said. You said sometimes it's hard to recognize that in your family dynamic because some people are like, oh, this is just the way black people are. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's hard to recognize. I just feel like sometimes people don't want to talk about it or don't want to say nothing because in the black community or not even black community, but like, you know, there's this thing where it's like, respect your elders and your elders can talk to you however they want to and you can't say nothing to them because they're your elders. I feel like that's very toxic. Uh -huh. But because of the way we were raised, Nobody says nothing because that's your elder, and if you say something to your elder, you're getting a deed condemned to hell. Okay, so you're talking about the traditions or the I, I could see I could see what you're saying, like the I'm trying to think of the right word. You're just silenced. I feel like yeah, you're silenced, and I feel like that's very toxic. But nobody says anything because you're already silenced. And two, I think it boils down to just a respect thing, right? I think. Mm. It's just like, and I'm not saying it's right, but there has, even when I was coming up with my mom, I would want to say something. She'll say something to me that was out of pocket and I'd be wanting to respond. Mm -hmm. You better not say nothing to me. Or if I say why, because I said so. And it's like. But don't you think that's a little, I mean, no, I'm not saying go out here and call your mom all types of names and be disrespectful. I feel like there's a thin line between being disrespectful and also having a voice. I feel like it's okay to have a voice. And maybe this is just me being a 21st century teenager or whatever mm -hmm. but I feel like it's not okay for parents to be able to call you whatever talk to you however and then you're not supposed to be able to you have to just sit there and take it like that's rude first of all and I feel like 
if you hurt my feelings as a parent, I should be able to say, hey, that hurt my feelings. Or, hey, I didn't, I don't like the way you said that to me because this, this, and this. Because that's called open communication, and that's how relationships work. And I think that that goes to generations. That's like breaking generational uh, curses or stereotypes or whatever. Because if you think about, like, I think about my parents and the way that their parents parented them, right? In the older generation, you don't speak unless you're spoken to. A child is supposed to stay in a child's place and mm-hmm. don't be in grown folks' business. And you, you know, like like you said, your kids are silenced, and it's like, do what I say, but not as I do. When I'm grown, and now it's like, I either don't talk to you or I lash out because I couldn't say anything when I was a kid, and you used to call me all. And then it's like. Some parents call their children all types of B's and N-words and all this. They talk crazy to their kids, and it's like, how is that okay? Mm. And I'm not saying go back and, you know, talk to your parents like that, but think about how you're talking to your kids from a young age, right? Mm -hmm. But then they're not allowed to say anything. So then they're mad when they grow up and they're acting just the way you told them that they were. And so then that goes back to the inward, you know, internally what you're saying is, is that Kids from black families or uh, people of color. colors, families, they aren't able to express themselves in a healthy or appropriate way. Because so, it's disrespectful. Okay. So they have to internalize that, yes. which then leads to all of these other issues. Mm, that's deep. And I think a lot of this stems from, like, if you think about it culturally, right? Mm-hmm. Coming up as kids, it's just a trickle-down effect. It's been happening historically throughout years. Yeah. And so all our parents are doing is what was done to them, what was done to their parents, parents, and vice. It just keeps going all the way down the line. And I think at some point, we got to break the cycle. Like, I'm not even going to lie. There's things that when I was coming up as a kid, my mom would say to me, and it infuriated me. I was pissed off, but I couldn't say nothing because it's like, all right, I don't want to be disrespectful, or you need to stay in this child's place, or uh, you're not going to disrespect me. And it's like... Why is it okay for you to break me down internally, make me feel bad about who I am, and then I can't say nothing? Mm -hmm. So what happens is I build up this hate and this animosity and this resistance. I mean, um, not resistance. um, Resentment. Resentment towards you. And then when you discipline me or we have this interaction, it comes out rude or disrespectful because I've been bottled up with all this stuff that I couldn't get out. I personally, personally feel like respect is earned and maybe I'm crazy, right? I have never been disrespectful to any adults ever in my life. Like, I'm always, I know the difference, but I feel like respect is earned. And as I get older, I feel like you can't just talk to me crazy. I don't care how old you are. You don't get to just talk to me crazy. I'm not going to be like, uh, no, that was rude or that was disrespectful to me. Like, we're not, we're not going to disrespect each other. That's what we're not going to do, mm-hmm. regardless of how old we are. I don't care if you're 105 years old. Don't be disrespectful because then you expect me to respect you. But respect is earned. Respect is something that you're given, you know? Maybe that's just me. I don't know, because y'all weren't raised like that. I think that but that's... I've been a, my family's very open, like we're having mm-hmm. this conversation right now, and I feel like I'm not disrespectful to y'all because y'all have allowed me to use my voice and let y'all know, and now we all have a better understanding of how we work and we get along fine because mm-hmm. of this. I think that that's definitely, like, yeah, in our generation... Growing up, that 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 <laughs> that definitely was not a thing. You would be, you know, like I would go to my room and be like, "Oh, I can't stand my mama." Da, 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 da. And sometimes she would come in there and be like, "What you say?" You know, like 
whatever. But I think that also one of the things that I absolutely thought was the most asinine thing in, and y'all listeners, let me know if this is something that y'all also dealt with. Whenever I got in trouble and my mama would whoop me or punish me or whatever, and I would cry or I would, you know, have my moment of anger or whatever, go to my room. And then she would come back after things had calmed down and she would, you know, have the little processing moment to talk about like what all had transpired and why she needed to discipline me in the way. And and here's the favorite line that I just, oh, it just made me so mad. She's like, it hurts me more than it hurts you to whoop you. And I'm like, get out of here. How does that even make sense? Like, how does it hurt you more than it hurts me? Like, you physically put your hands on me and, like, cause physical discomfort and pain. But I realized once I became a parent and I had to discipline my kids and I, you know, of course, like you said, it's generational, it's passed down. So, of course... I'm like, well, I got whooped when I was a kid. I didn't get beat or it wasn't abuse. I got beat. But I I took, and I always say this, like I took some of the things, the way that my parents parented me, and I said, okay, I like that. I feel like that was okay. This I didn't like, you know, as far as like the open communication part and some other things, you know, so then I tried to, identify my own style of parenting so that with my kids it wasn't just like a dictatorship right and let's be honest sure you whoop your kids and it's you know painful and then we learn for like 30 minutes but a whooping really literally only lasts like 30 minutes yeah and so it's like i know that if i do this i'm gonna get a whooping or i'm gonna get put in time out however you discipline your children but that does not, let's just be honest, that doesn't really phase anybody. It's to the point where kids are like, I'd rather get a whooping first and then be able to go outside. Yeah. It's To me, it's the, one, it's the part where it's like, I have to sit here and take a lecture where I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to do that again because I have to sit through this lecture. Hmm. Or I get something, not physical pain, but something like, you take my phone away, you take my keys, I can't go outside. Something like that, that mm-hmm. really makes an impact. The whooping, does at this point, it's not even nothing. To me, at least. And... and, and- Coming up, I got both. I got beat and I couldn't go outside. Like, I remember, <laughs> like, my mom did it all. She's like, no, you're going to die today, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm taking away your life and I'm going to ruin your life. <laughs> and so, it's it's crazy because I remember times when I was coming up, like, I remember I got on a, I got kicked out of school one time. And some of the stuff that I went through, my mom should have been called, CPS should have been called, right? Like, no cap, right? Like, but we don't do that now. And... I think the kids nowadays is not as strong as we were back then. We was coming up. I think they're a little bit more sensitive. Um, it's li- okay to be sensitive. Right. I'm not it's saying. Okay to have emotions. I'm not saying nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying I think the kids of today are a little bit more sensitive because than what y'all it was. Were baby slaves back in. Hold on. Days. Let me finish my point. They I know the one eight hundred number. I think kids are. Yeah, they know the one eight hundred number. I think kids now are a little bit more sensitive, and just like they're they're just soft. Um, compared to what we were when we was coming up now. What I'm going to say is this. I remember I got kicked out of school and I came home. I was terrified already because my mom, it was three of us, right? Three boys. And my mom already had told me like, if you get in trouble at school, it's going down. My mom wasn't the type that's like, I'm going to hear your side. It's always the teacher was right, right? (laughs) Which I can't stand that. So I got in trouble, got kicked out of school for something that was stupid. I remember I got home 
and I got my behind beat. My mom had a leather belt with holes in it. Matter of fact, it was coach. I'm not even about to make this up. Listen, my mom whooped me so bad that the skin on my right side of my leg came off. Oh, that's definitely CPS. That's definitely that's definitely CPS case, right? And not only that, I had to take a bath after that. So it's stuff like that. And then I got in trouble another time, and I got put on punishment for six weeks in the summer. Couldn't go outside for six weeks. And it's like... That's like the entire summer. This is the entire summer. So I'm like, what in the hell are you doing? Like, you're psycho, right? No. This is, no, this, no. Is, this is my mom's. I love my mom dearly, but that stuff right there, I don't think my kids can survive that type of uh, discipline. In her, defense, in her defense, she was a single mother and had three boys. Mm-hmm. Did she ever do PR like that? No, my sister was never done like that. But my sister has her own personal story as well. But I'm just right. saying, overall, I think... The discipline and, and, and the way, because that was toxic to me. You know what I'm saying? And it, it traumatized me in a lot of different ways. And like you were saying, I couldn't say nothing to my mom because I didn't want to be disrespectful. But at the same time, I was being hurt. And so it's like, well, dang, that's what you've been through? Absolutely. I think it helped shape me. It helped mold me to who I am today. And some of these practices, I practice. But because my family are open and we have these conversations, it was like, well, you're not your mom or you're not your dad. We can figure out our own way of communicating. We can figure out how to discipline in our family household and dynamic, not what you come out of. And I think that that's what I was saying when I said, like, there were certain things that I took from what, how my parents and my dad, he never laid a finger on me, but I knew how there was like a certain level of back talk that I could do when it was like, when that eyebrow raised up and even my mom would be like, all right, now you didn't went too far. But I think that kids know how to push, push the envelope, push the the limit of their parents. And sometimes as parents, you feel like if I let my kids get away with this, they're going to turn into maniacs and they're going to be, you know, terrible people. And they're not going to know better. They're not going to be responsible. And they're not. So it's a, it's a, a, a certain level of pressure as a parent that you feel like, okay, I have to teach them a lesson from this. Like they have to get something out of this to know that this is wrong. But what I did with my, the difference that I did with my parents was that I definitely feel like we're in our family dynamic. We, we do have an open forum Mm -hmm. to be able to talk openly about how we feel, how that made us feel in the moment. Like, I didn't like that, you know, and there are times, let's normalize this, parents. Right. Normalize that if you do something wrong, even as the parent, it's okay to go to your kids and say, you know what? I, I overreacted. I, did, I didn't handle that the right way. Or, yeah, I'm sorry. Let your kids feel human. Like, it's okay for us to make mistakes, and it's also okay for the parents to make mistakes. I feel like if, as long as everyone is willing to... I don't know, rationalize, not rationalize, but you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, growing up with a counselor as a mother, there's always, you know, mom is always coming back and being like, well, here are things that we can do to fix this. Or, you know, my dad, he'll always come. We all know his routine. Like, he'll get mad at you the first night, whatever you do, and then he'll come back the second day and be like, you know what, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> but then we all know, like, it's okay. He knows that he made a mistake, and we are okay and we're we feel comfortable going to our parents and being like 
hey, this hurt my feelings. I didn't like the way you did this. And not be scared that we're going to be killed or punished or never be able to go outside again or any of that. Because it's like my family is very open and it's allowed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's important to be allowed to express how you feel. Because then people get mad when people are like, like for boys, for example, boys are told not to cry, not to express your feelings, not to do this, this, and this, and this, because you're the man of the house. And so now it's like they grow up and they're insensitive and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. It was like, it all comes back from being silent. I feel like it comes back from being silent. Like you weren't allowed to feel. Mm-hmm. And that's not realistic. Like everyone has feelings. And emotions. That's mm-hmm. kind of a part of being a human. <laughs> so if you're for for you to take that away from me, it's like that is not even realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. what are you doing as parents? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to normalize. You know, we have this conversation because we feel like it's important to normalize and start creating for your household what works for you, not what you come out of. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, what we do is we take we adopt what it was that we came out of and we implement that thing in our house. And guess what? The cycle continues on. And it might not work. And it may not work, right? Because generations have changed. It ain't no longer do as I say. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, no, you got to show me, right? I'm not going to keep listening to you when you're doing the complete opposite of what you're telling me. And the the generation is getting smarter. Like, my daughter's like 10 times smarter than what I was was at her age because of the simple fact education has changed. The way things have been implemented has changed. They have more technology at their fingertips. All these things, right? So I learned from my daughters and my kids learn from us. And I think it's a great balance, right? It, it meshes. Um, and so what, I, what we would say is start normalizing having those conversations. Stop trying to bully your kids. Mm. Stop trying to make them feel bad about some of the decisions that they make. Because at the end of the day, they're kids. They're going to make decisions and they may not go as planned to what you thought they should go. But at the end of the day, they got to live with that, not you. And a family should not be a dictatorship. It should not be a monarchy. I feel like (laughs) it's like parents, sometimes they act as like they are the king and the queen and the children have to bow down. And if you make any mistake, I'm cutting your head off. Rank. That is not, yeah, rank. Like that is not healthy. And if (laughs) you think that is healthy, bless. Because... Come on now. Now, let me say this, because I also want to make this point clear. We're not equal opposites. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the bottom line. Like, we're not equal opposites. If you stay in our household or wherever you stay, there's rules to everything you got. There's rules to everything, right? So, I don't want any teenager to feel like they can buck up to their parents and feel like they're equal opposite. Like, they have just just kids kids in general, right? Uh, And have a say-so in the matter of something that, you know... We, it's like, no, that doesn't work. Like, you're not my equal opposite. At the end of the day, if I tell you to do something, make sure it gets done. Now, it also depends it's on the... It's understandable because you are my parent and I still live at your house. Until the day I move out, then I have to follow your rules. But you don't have to make me seem like a peasant. Or like, I feel like, <laughs> why do I need to walk on eggshells in my parents' house? I should be able to go to my parents and feel comfortable going to my parents because then people get mad. Parents get mad when their kids don't go to them. But it's like, I can't trust you. I don't feel comfortable talking to you about anything because you treat me like, I don't know how to explain, but like you treat me as if I shouldn't have any feelings or any emotions and I can't say anything because if I do, then I'm being disrespectful. And I think that to go back to what you said about um, sometimes what we do, and this is this has definitely happened in our household, is that sometimes... Me and you, me and you, Corey, look at how we were disciplined and and sometimes we criticize ourselves and say, like, my mama would have 
my mama would have. Oh, my mama would have. You know, and then it's like. But you're not your mother. Yeah, and, and then it's like, okay, but when when my mama did that, did I really, first of all, did I learn what I needed to? Did it change my behavior? Because when you are disciplined, discipline is meant to change the behavior, right? It's not intended to cause emotional harm or emotional damage, right? Kids should not walk out of their families or walk in their families with, with trauma from the discipline because that not only does it not change whatever the behavior that you're trying to shape or change, but it creates and starts another behavior, which is, it could be self-harm. It could be mm-hmm. hate, self-hate. It could be low self-esteem. These things have residual outcomes that sometimes, and when we talk about kids suffering in silence because of the toxicity of their families, this is where mental health issues come, come, they can come about because it's like, well, I got cussed out because I didn't do, because I didn't do the dishes. Like sometimes I think the way that I rationalize things is that like, okay, is my response to my kids behavior equivalent to what they did? Like, am I responding in a explosive manner to like, you didn't pick up that piece of paper on the floor. Now you're going to die. You know, it's like, is it, you know, like how, what they did, what the offense, if we want to use that word that they did, does the discipline match that? That's how I think about it from a parenting standpoint, because it's like, I'm not trying to create a moment, a, a long all day moment of discipline or a long lecture or a long whatever from something that is minute and that is then also going to be very damaging in the long run to my child. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that people actually think about that in those moments. Because people don't care about, I mean, I'm not saying that they don't care about mental health and all that, but people don't know. And so you can't really care about think, yeah if you don't, if know. You don't know right and, and, and this is the thing too i don't want to just box it into parenting because toxicity can it can show its ugly face in relationships right whatever the situation may be like even dating or marriage yeah. or anything like that right so i think even in your relationships if somebody done something to offend you you should not be afraid to say well there's gonna be repercussions if i say something right it's like no what you said hurt my feelings. I don't like that. Can we figure out a better way? Mm-hmm. Because these conversations need to be had. We have to break the cycle. Because it starts with what you instill in your kids in the first place. If you break the cycles when they're young, they grow up and then that cycle continues to be broken mm-hmm. throughout generations. Mm-hmm. We can't keep having these conversations too late. Think about it. It stems all the way back to slavery. We just go yes. back that far, right? These people were beaten to be controlled so they, they can get free labor out of them, right? And so what happens is, in their mind, what's been implanted was, if I mess up, I'm going to be beaten. If I'm beaten, that means they're going to make me do what it is I don't want to do. it's called classical conditioning. Yes. It's cla- right, it's absolutely, it's the classical conditioning. It's the psychology it. of it, right? Which, something my family and I are big on, we talk about mental health. My wife is a life uh, therapist. I'm in school getting my degree for it. My daughter's learning psychology. And I think 
being educated helps yeah. out in a major way. Because if you're not educated and you don't know that these things can really have long-lasting effects on people, not just you, but it can impact generations, right? Yes. I think the education component is very, very important, which we lack. They say it all the time. If yeah. you want to keep something from somebody, especially people of color, put it inside of a book because they're not going to read it. Mm. What we're going to do is we're going to break that cycle and we're going to... Yeah, if it's not a Jordan box or, you know, Christian Louboutin or, you know, Gucci, all these name brands that does nothing but continue to push oppression. It continue. We sell trauma. Mm. We sell trauma. Listen here. We actually, we absolutely sell trauma. Like, we, we get off on it. Like, you know, we make people feel bad about not having certain things. That's traumatizing the people, right? Yeah. So, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But what I do want to say is this. We have to start normalizing having these candid conversations with our kids, our spouses, our, our family members, whatever the situation may be. I don't care what the relationship is between y'all. Make it a norm to say, I was offended. It happened the other day. Like, I'm going to tell on myself. Hurt my feelings. <laughs> my daughter was in the car, and my youngest daughter was in the car. She was complaining and complaining. And she has a problem with listening. Ooh, like, she don't want to be She don't want to be told nothing. Not and, okay. like, me, I would have been terrified to do what she does, right? Okay. So, this is the incident. So, we're in the car. We're riding. And my wife says something to her. Now, I'm sitting here minding my own business, me and Linnea. And my wife kept Linnea going back. actually started it. It was an argument between them two. Okay, let, anyway. me, let me get to the story. So, whatever situation happened, we're in the car riding. And my wife is going back and forth with Kyla. Now, mind you, Kyla's 11 years old. I'm like, why are you going back and forth with her? So, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking in my head, right? So, after a while, I got irritated. And I said, Kyla. Be quiet for I whoop your behind. I'm so tired of your mouth. You always got something to say. You don't never want to listen to nobody telling you. You don't know nothing. Went off. Went off. I snapped, right? Because at that point, I'm like, it clicked in. I couldn't have done that to my mom. My mom's not going to sit and have a seven-minute argument with me after she said what she said. It wasn't happening. So that clicked in. It's classical conditioning. Mm -hmm. It automatically triggered me. And I'm like, be quiet. If you say something else, I'm taking your gifts back. I'm doing this and that. And then we got in the house. And we was on our way in, and you I said, "You better not say nothing." And I said, "You better not say nothing to your little ugly self, right?" Oh my jokingly, god! Jokingly, it was jo yeah, it was jokingly. I didn't mean it to hurt her feelings, but when I said it, I'm like, "Not nah, with your little ugly self," or something like that. Now, of course, my daughter's not ugly, right? She looks like me. Oh, so okay. This is the thing. <laughs> when that was said, I walked away, went about my business. Her feelings were crushed, right? They were crushed. I didn't know they were crushed. So she come back downstairs. She said. You should have said that I was ugly. <laughs> and so I cracked up laughing. And I said, and she said, that's rude. You never tell your daughter that they're ugly, right? <laughs> so she had this entire <laughs> meltdown. <laughs> and so I go in my room. Linnea, being the mother, comes downstairs. <laughs> the big sister mama. Yeah, we need to have a talk. I said, what are we talking about? Dad, you hurt Kyla's feelings. I said, what did I say? You called her ugly. She's upstairs. Nobody knew she was crying. And the only reason I heard her, because whatever. So she's like, get out the shower and I hear her crying. And dad, and dad called me ugly. So And and the part that crushed her feelings was that when when you saw her crying, I didn't comfort you her. Laughed. I laughed, right? So Lynette comes down to try to put me in my place, right? In regards to her sister that she fights with often. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, cool. So we in the room and I'm like, all right, here I am. I'm in a hot seat. And Les proceeds to say, Dad. It's not the fact that maybe I know you probably didn't mean it, but you need to uh, uh, you need to acknowledge. acknowledge. Yeah, acknowledge the fact that you hurt her feelings. And I'm like, but I didn't say nothing that was crazy. And, and it's not she that big of a deal. To nobody. But, I didn't do anything. 
but at the end of the day, what, what it boiled down to was to having that dialogue, right? Having that conversation where I had to apologize to my daughter and I told her I didn't mean nothing by it. And at the, on, on top of that, I tried to justify for why I said what I said. But Linnea and my wife wasn't allowing that to happen. So I they pushed me in the corner to admit my wrongdoing, even though I felt like it wasn't the end of the world. But it doesn't matter to her it was the end of the world. So we got that all cleared up. But I'm saying all this to say this. We have to have these conversations, regardless if you meant to offend somebody or not. Mm-hmm. It's not about what you meant to do. It's not about what your intentions were. Right. It was about how the other person received it. Because yeah. once those words come out of your mouth, you are no longer in control of what they do, how they make somebody feel, or none of that. That's you. Who you from? From this man named Corey. Oh. <laughs> it got to be me. And I think that in that moment, it was important because... Because... Tyler had was silenced. It was like, don't say nothing else. You can't if you say something else. I'm gonna take all your presents. I'm gonna whoop your tail. I'm gonna take your presents. And and so Linnea, as the big sister, recognized that like, okay, well, Kyla is not able to speak on her behalf, and I see that she's very upset in this moment. Linnea could have went on about her business and be like, I don't care, whatever, you know. And so the fact that like that's something that we've created within our family. For Linnea to come and knock on our door and say, Dad, Mom. Advocacy, right? Yes, let me advocate for my little sister because I you've now stolen her voice box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she cannot say anything. But I want you to know that like this is how she is feeling in that moment. And and me as a mother, and as you know, I've been on that other role too, where it's like I'm just rah, 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 going in, going in, going in. And they have come to me and said, you know, this is how that really made you know, Linnea feel or Kyla feel or me, just how you made Corey feel. And, and so then as the person in the hot seat, right, you're like. In defense. Yes, it's like, I, uh, yeah. don't call me out. Don't, don't, don't do that. And now you finna get in trouble. Right. And so I think that it's important to realize the ramifications of that. Because in that moment, I was like, okay, this is an opportunity Kyla's a preteen, you know, we know that kids deal with all sorts of self-esteem. Like I said, I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, okay, this is, she could have went in the bathroom and cut. She could have, yeah. you know, tried to jump out the, you know, like you never know how what you're saying or what you're doing to your own kids or anybody, you know, like how it's going to affect them. And so it's, so in that moment, I was appreciative of Linnea for taking that, you know, we're taking the opportunity to say, no, we don't need to just go to our respective corners and let it pass. Like, we need to really talk about how this affected Kyla, how this could affect our family dynamics and the relationship, and so that we can nip it in the bud and, you know, get to a place to where, Kai, you know that you need to just be quiet sometimes. You do get disrespectful. You do say stuff that don't even make sense. And so then, and then it's like, and Dad, you went... You know, like, even though you didn't, you call all of us, you, you call yourself ugly, you call us, you know, it's like in that moment, she couldn't take that verbiage mm-hmm. because her feelings were already crushed. And so it was like, it just heightened her feeling, you know, less than or whatever. And so it was, it was a very powerful conversation that we had as a family mm-hmm. and it, and I think that if we could normalize that for families across the world that there would be, you know, a lot less like, you know, suicide ideology, you know, self, you know, um, harm, 
self-esteem issues. And, and this is what I'm going to say, too. Because when you look at the overarching scheme of things, the bigger picture, right? When you allow these things to happen, these conversations to take place, you're actually building skills for later on down the road. Yes. Right? Be. Because what happens is, say, for example, you take their voice from them, right? Even in your relationship, you take your voice from them. When there's time to be disciplined on a job, they won't advocate for themselves. They shut down. Mm -hmm. They get afraid, right? Or in a relationship, somebody's being disrespectful or abusive. They won't advocate for themselves. They shut down because that's what they've been told and been conditioned to do Come all their on. life. And so what happens is we do set our kids up or even relations. They can be better spouses. They can be better uh, employees. They can be better employers. All these things, right? It's bigger than, than the moment. And yes. I think we focus on the moment and we want to have this power over people. Mm. And it's not about having power over people. We was never given dominion over people. We was given dominion over things in the earth, not people. Okay, and I think you. that's why people struggle. <laughs> You know, people struggle is because they don't want to be told what to do by another person because it was never designed that way. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think if we create that atmosphere in that environment to be able to have these conversations, we help building skills. We build self-confidence. We build mental toughness. There's a lot of skills that they learn when we have these conversations. So what we want to do is we want to encourage you to step out and have those conversations. I'm going to tell you, they're going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. They're not always comfortable. And. Your feelings may get hurt in the midst of having a conversation, but at least you know where y'all stand. And sometimes our kid, Linnea, had told us before, she's like, just give me a whooping. Like, <laughs> right. Just, I hate the lectures. Please just let me go. But the lectures, but the, I think, but I think with the lectures, it also helps you as an individual. It helps you yeah. begin to self-reflect and see what it is I could have done differently. Because I'm telling you, man, one of my biggest things when parents say, because I said so. Ooh. And... Even when my kids act like my daughter came, Linnea, the oldest one, the 18-year-old, came in my this room today. Right <laughs> and she opened my blinds. And I was like, keep my blinds closed. And she said, why? My first instinct was to say, because it's my room, nigga, if you don't get out of here. And I said, well, Linnea, it's my room, and I like my blinds closed. I didn't feel like I need to give her an explanation for my, my reason, but I did, because I'm starting to be groomed mm -hmm. to give that, right? So all we're saying is, and you can do whatever you want to in your relationship, and, and, and with your children, whatever. When we get on here, we want to give some substance and really let y'all know what works for us. Now, this may not work for you. It may be better for you to say, if you don't go in there, I'm going to kick your chest out. <laughs> whatever, right? It, that may work for you, okay? Or, or, or I'm going to snatch your ears off and whatever. But when your kids go to school, but when your report, kids that, report that to CPS and all that. Right. But it's about teaching those skills and building those relationships and strengthening those yes. relationships. So that's what we want to talk about, and we appreciate y'all tuning in. Look, we want to kill the toxic relationships. We want to kill the toxicity within the family dynamic. Mm -hmm. And we want to be better people. We want to be better families. And we want to set the next generation up for success. Yes. Y'all got anything y'all want to add to it before we get out? My generation is not soft. We are just aware. And we are willing to have these conversations. I don't know about y'all, little baby slaves. But we're great. <laughs> the end. Yeah, Linnea most definitely is an advocate for her generation. Uh, but she will also talk stupid about her generation, too. <laughs> That's another conversation. Yeah, no, let's have that conversation now. No, but uh, good stuff. Anything you want to add? No, I think that it's, it's, it's important to, like you said, have these conversations. Allow yourselves within your families to be vulnerable. Create a safe environment where your kids and your family members feel like I was offended and I can come to you and say, you know what? This, this hurt me, this offended me, let's reconcile it instead of sweeping it under the rug and carrying in resentment and hate towards each other and then gathering for weddings, funerals, and family reunions and pretending and like... And pretend 
Like everything is just wonderful. Right. Yeah. Don't ever be so afraid. <laughs> don't allow anything or anyone to allow you to be so afraid that you internalize your pain and then you end up harming yourself. Mm. Right. Really speak out on it. Advocate for yourself. I don't care if it's in your marriage, if it's your boyfriend and girlfriend dating. I don't care if it's your parents, your grandma. Because at the end of the day, like Linnea said, no. I'm a firm believer in this. Respect is earned. I'm not just giving you anything. No. If you can't, if this is not reciprocated, if this is not reciprocal in our mutual understanding and agreement. They teach you the golden rule your first day of kindergarten. Well, <laughs> you, you want to be treated. But this is the thing, too. You can't even go off of that because some people don't want to be treated well. well. So, you know what I'm saying? So, this is what you do. <laughs> you treat people the way they want to be treated. Not the way you would treat yourself or the way you want to be treated. Because if body want to be respected, you respect them. If right. you can't, and this is my thing. I'm not going to change for you. Either you're going to adjust or you're going to get moving. Period. You know what I'm and saying? And the way that you learn how to treat people is that you have to have conversations with them. You have to right. allow open dialogue and these conversations to happen so that I can know that like. That hurts your feelings. Yes. Right. You don't like when I say this. Uh-huh. And it's you, a simple and use I statements. But listen, y'all, thank y'all for tuning in. This is Life with Me and Mrs. Jones. Thank y'all for checking this out on another episode. Go ahead and go to uh, Anchor. Check us out. Spotify, Apple iPod, Apple Podcasts, all those things. We're on all those platforms. So we'll see y'all next week. Peace out from our world. Let's get it.